Welcome to the Pop on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is. I am the Pope in Questioned. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. Check it out sometime. This is episode 262 of the podcast. Very impressive. We've been doing this since 2014. So right now there is a deluge of podcasts from people who have been stuck at home during this uh, quarantine. And I just want to say, we have been using this as therapy way before y'all have. Yes. Yes, we have, damn it. Just FYI. Uh, This is going to be a pretty exciting episode. We've got some news smatterings. We've got a contest that... um, there's a script that I'm not going to show you because okay. I want it to be a surprise. Uh, I've got a, a Steve's historic approximations about uh, not the worst YouTuber because, like, a lot of people are competing for worst YouTuber. I would yes. say that that Jake Paul motherfucker who filmed the dead body in the Japanese forest and likes dropping the N word, but this guy's definitely top 10 or top 20 worst YouTubers of all time. Okay. And we're going to be talking and we're going to be talking about a movie that I saw in theaters when I was eight years old. (laughs) And I just love the idea that if tomorrow Bill Murray dies, uh, uh, would forbid Bill Murray dies. It's okay because we still have, a Shetland Bill Murray. Yes, we do. Waiting in the wings that looks a bit like him, sounds a lot like him, and can do a fairly decent Bill Murray. We've got a Frank Sinatra Jr. Yes. On the sidelines. And and that just fills me with a little bit of, of happiness. I had forgotten... The existence of Sandy Kellerman. Yes. Jesus Christ. She's one of those people for some reason. She she just always annoyed me. Yeah. Yeah. There's something I was of her. that age though. I was of that age though in the 80s where she was just uh she was just a pants tightener. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. So so let's let's get this started. Buddy! Yes. We are currently in the middle of civil unrest and a deadly pandemic, and as a result of that, it's quite possible that some news stories might fall through the cracks, which is understandable, because what with violent police beating up innocent protesters and murder hornets and whatever the hell else 2020 is gonna throw at us. You can't be expected to catch all of the news out there, but never fear, because the Pope on Film podcast has you covered with a segment we like to call the Pope on Film News Smatterings. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if we ever had a thing for news smatterings. No, I, I don't think we do. So a guy got roasted on Twitter this past week. 
He got roasted so bad that he quit social media entirely. <laughs> and this is a story that brings a great smile to my face because I was one of the people that just roasted on him before he quit social media. It's a story that brings such a big smile to my face. The man in question was a white businessman type. A lot of websites aren't mentioning his name, but I'm going to because if if you are bold enough to put your name on a tweet like this, then I don't see why the media shouldn't be mentioning your name. Yeah. Uh he was a he was a white white collar businessman type named Scott Castaneda. Okay. And his hot his hot take was so bad that he just quit the internet completely and it's absolutely great. Because we you talk about you talk about stories like this, but it's so rare to actually see it out in the open. So um Scott decided to rage against rage against the machine founding member Tom Morello on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> the whole rage Scott, against the machine thing has been fucking hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, Scott tweeted this, quote, "I used to be a fan until your political opinions came out. Music is my sanctuary." And the last thing I want to hear oh, is, is political BS. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Music is my sanctuary, and the last thing I want to hear is political BS when I'm listening to music. As far as I'm concerned, you and Pink are completely done. Keep running your mouth and ruining your fan base. Thumbs up emoji, unquote. That was his uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with his meme. Which which is yeah. pretty much what you just read there, and I had commented. Yeah, I, I remember I commented on one of them. Well, Scott needs his safe space. It's it's amazing. It, I, I was so proud of myself for like retweeting and dunking on him before he quit his. Uh, before he quit all of Twitter, I'd like to think that uh, I had a small hand in helping run him out of town. Yes. But, but when, but Scott said that he was a fan. So what did he think Rage Against the Machines music was about? Yeah. How can you hear, like, some of those who serve forces are the same that burn crosses? What did you think the forces meant? Did you, did you think he was talking about Star Wars? <laughs> Because he was talking about the fucking police, and we're seeing that right now on our goddamn streets as fucking police officers beat up innocent goddamn civilians. It, it's like he will. It's like he listened to Rage Against the Machine because he was a big fan of the machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, I think I just lost that thought. It was right there. Go ahead. Like, like I'd, I'd hate, I, I, like, I feel bad saying this, but also it, it's an honest statement. Music fans like him are exactly why Kurt Cobain killed himself. <laughs> oh, Ooh. I'm just coming out. Yeah. Like, like basically, uh, like I, I, I heard, I dunked on Scott Castaneda on Twitter. And then like the next day I realized like, Oh my God, he is Nirvana's song in bloom. <laughs> he 
he's the one. He likes all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along, and he likes to shoot his guns, but he don't know what it means. <laughs> Somehow, Kurt Cobain in the 90s wrote a song about a guy on Twitter in 2020. That's, a, that's some fucking range. <laughs> yes, you it don't, is. You don't see like uh, fucking uh, who was that guy? Jim Neighbors didn't write a song that it's like, oh, that's so relevant in 2020 America. Yeah, but but Kurt Cobain fucking nailed it <laughs> yes, with that song. Did. How can you how can you listen to Rage Against the Machine and not think it's political though? Hey, I'm sorry. Fucking white people. It, 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 <laughs> fucking white people. Just gotta say that. Bunny. Yes. Tell me honestly. Did you know that the show Cops was still on the air? Oh, no. No, I did not know that. Like, Apparently. Like, it's, been, it's been like running this whole fucking time? Yes. Apparently, the show aired for 25 seasons on Fox. And then they were like, we are finally canceling the show Fox. And so it was picked up by what was then Spike TV. Okay. And is now the Paramount Network. And kept airing new episodes on Spike TV. Which is which is now the Paramount Network. So it it left Fox, but yeah. never left air. So it, technically, making it the longest running reality television show in the history of television. Really, and if I and 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 uh, if I'm not mistaken, I had one or two copies of uh, Cops Too Hot for TV. Back oh yeah. In the day. Yeah, when back in the day when when that was a thing, but I never really liked the show. I was more a teenage fan of uh, VHS cops show on television. Yeah, but you, you so got to admit, you got to admit, that's a great fucking song. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a great song, but um. Eric Andre has it best. You can't. He has a he has a stand up comedy special airing on Netflix soon, and I can't wait to watch it. I saw a clip of it, and it's so fucking brilliant. And it, it he he talks about how in reality it's a catchy song, but it's the worst possible song they could have chosen because you can't put a reggae song over cops, and it's like. Freeze you unarmed black teenager. Bam! I'm gonna kick you in the <laughs> face with my steel-toed boot. Yeah. Hey, Rastaman. This is a nation of peace and love. And it's like like no, that's that's a that's a pretty bad choice of music. But I love that, but I was never a fan of the show Cops and no. and, and what with what with the shift in our nation's well, consciousness? Well, because there was a lot of fucking brutality officers. right on that show. Yeah. Yeah, so now uh, Cops is finally off the air and good riddance. And then a few days ago, they finally pulled the plug on the very popular uh, cable show, Live PD. 
after okay. a boycott. And now, and now conservatives are like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe that that they would do this. We're going to boycott these networks. All these conservative Christians are like, how dare you? Blue Lives Matter. We're going to we're going to boycott these networks. And it's like, oh, heaven forbid Christians boycott a cable network. I guess that cable network is done because look at all the other boycotts that Christians did. Nike, uh, Netflix the NFL, Disney, and all of those things have gone bankrupt because of the massive power of conservative Christians. <laughs> Man, remember when Netflix was a thing before Christians killed it because they were upset about one show? Yeah. Oh, man, I really wish that Disney were still a thing. Too bad it was canceled by the power of Christians. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. Bunny. Yes. I have a question for you. This is the type of question that can only be asked in the dark, nightmarishly hellish landscape that is the year 2020. Bunny. Yes. Have you heard the Golden Gate screaming? Oh, I, 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 oh, like vaguely. Okay, I've heard something okay. like this. Okay, well, here's the story. San Francisco recently decided to renovate the legendary Golden Gate Bridge, and because of this, the entire city is full of the screams of the damned. <laughs> What happened was they installed a new sidewalk railing okay. on the illustrious bridge. Like they made the sidewalk wider and they added new railings on the side of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, and the new railings have really thin slats okay. on the side of them. And I guess that the architects didn't account for San Francisco wind because now... The Golden Gate Bridge has literally become the world's biggest accidental harmonica. Oh, man. And the high-pitched wailing scream that the Golden Gate Bridge makes can now be heard literally throughout the entire city of San Francisco. I have a video. This video was taken... From a guy riding his bicycle over the newly renovated Golden Gate Bridge. Let's see if you can hear it. Can you hear that, buddy? I, I, I can kind of hear something, yeah. It sounds musical. Pentagon's in the back. Okay. It seems. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, it is. So now the Golden Gate Bridge literally screams, <laughs> and you can hear it throughout the city. The Golden Gate Bridge is screaming now. That's the sort of thing, the sort of thing that can only come out of 2020. I know the Golden Gate Bridge screams now. The edibles are kicking in. Yes, baby. <laughs> 
But have and you heard about no... the Golden Gate Bridge screaming? Yes. You have? Okay. Oh. Yeah, second only happened in fucking 2020 because we, we have left reality so long ago. Yeah. Murder Hornets and the Golden Gate Bridge screaming just makes sense. Yeah. They're calling to the kaiju. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maxwell says that the bridge is just dangerous because the bridge is wailing is definitely calling to the kaijus. It's got to. It's got to. Yeah, uh, Maxwell and Natasha have this theory that this is just like a beacon, this noise. I'm signing up for that too, man, because it's just like the two little Japanese twin girls who call for Mothra. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it. What an insane story. I mean, this week's Shap is a shocking story about a YouTuber who went to jail and it would be a major story, but because it happened in 2020, no one fucking knows this story and it is shocking that no one knows this story because it's like it's 2020, we're all in hell and and so this story it's shocking that this week's Steve's historic approximations fall through the cracks. So Bunny. Yes. Garth Brooks has a concert coming up, and it is truly strange. Okay. This is an odd story. Apparently, Garth Brooks was going on a big, massive stadium tour, and it was going to be his first tour in forever because he kind of, like, disappeared off yeah. the face of the earth. I blame I blame Chris Gaines. You maybe. Do? Maybe. I think maybe Chris Gaines had something to do with Garth Chris, Brooks' disappearance. Well, Who knows? Chris Gaines. That's that's uh, him as grunge. Was he doing grunge? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was basically like a like a grungy Depeche Mode Garth Brooks, and it 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 was the Ishtar of music. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Project. He had the hair, and he had the little soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Gaines's solo album is basically Connor for Real's second album, Conquest, come to life, and it's 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 pretty wonderful. So 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 he's sort of back, and he's making music, and he was going on this going to go on this massive summer stadium concert arena tour, but then COVID nineteen canceled it. But Garth Brooks still wanted to like do something for his fans and do something for rural America and good old boys and flags and freedom and Second Amendment flag and freedom okay. under God and all of those things. So we came up with a solution. So on June 27th, Garth Brooks is going to do a big concert that will be streaming live in 300 American drive-in movie theaters. I haven't that, said the weird okay, part. Okay, as soon as you Okay, like as soon as you said drive-in movie theaters, it suddenly became awesome. Right? No, like, but here's like the I weird was part. thinking like, "Oh motherfucker, what is he doing?" And then you said drive-in and I was like, "That sounds awesome." <laughs> yeah, but I haven't gotten to the weird part yet. You can get tickets now for the low, low price of $100 a car. 
Wow. And and silence fills the podcast. Yes. You're not even seeing Garth Brooks live. You're paying $100 to see a video of Garth Brooks at a drive-in. At a drive-in, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because there's like five or six drive-in movie theaters here in Oklahoma. I've been researching them lately. Yeah. Because I'm just itching for a, a movie. Uh, so... So like, like two or three of them are like, we are happy to announce that we will be airing the Garth Brooks concert. And some of the other drive-ins are like, we are not doing the Garth Brooks concert. We cannot do that to our fans. We cannot charge $100 to have them come and see a, a video. We, we, we absolutely cannot do that. So, so yeah. Isn't that something? So $100. Movie, movie, movie theaters rejected the drive-ins. Rejected it. Uh, some drive-ins are rejecting it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Winchester drive, like the Winchester. Then those. What? What'd you say, Maxwell? Then those theaters are amazing. Yeah. Uh, the wind, like the 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 chief drive-in. In Chickasha, which is an hour and a half away, yeah. they're doing the Garth Brooks show. But then the Winchester drive-in, which is in Oklahoma City and is only like 35 miles away, is just like, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We think it's ridiculous. And it's good. like, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, in a bit of odd movie news, uh, Maxwell, I need you to look. Um, Ari Aster, the writer-director behind such horror movies as Hereditary, which is good, and Midsommar, which is the single greatest movie of all time, period. <laughs> so he just announced a few tidbits about his next film. Okay. So he's like, let me tell people about my next film. And yet, somehow... We now know less about his upcoming movie. Okay. Now that he's given us some info about his upcoming movie, we know less about his upcoming movie than we did when he gave us the tidbits. In an interview with theplaylist.net, Ari Aster said that his next film will be, and this is a quote from him, quote, a zonkey nightmare comedy. Which will be four hours long. Oh no. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck is a zonky nightmare comedy? What a confederacy of dunces, the movie? Like what the fuck like what 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 is your four hour zonky nightmare comedy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I th I th I think that um, Midsommar is already a zonky nightmare. Just make it an hour longer. I, I'm a big fan of the three-hour. Like a, I don't know. I don't know what Ari Aster is gonna do. <laughs> I'm, I'm son. I am. I am aboard. I am all aboard with his four-hour-long zonky nightmare. I, I would I be like curious life. to see it. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like my life is a four-hour long zonky. 
phone. I think I'm having problems with my headset. Oh, are you are you good? Okay. All right. Well, uh No. Okay. So that is it for the Pope on Film News Smatterings this round. Be sure and join us next time whenever we do 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 and cut on that segment. Bunny! Okay, hold on a second. Okay, fine. Okay. Really, really, it, it just like it just like the way that the way that hello, yes, hello, can you? I can hear you, yes, good. All right, so are we ready to move on? We are ready to move on, okay, buddy. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to America's next podcast singer, the surprise reality contest where we see if podcasts if podcasts sing any forewarning. And today we Two brand new contestants ready to show us what they've got. Now, let me remind you again, both podcasters, no warning that this was taken because that's how this game goes. Now, the first contestant is Steve. Let's hear it from So, Steve. Tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah. Hi, my name is Bunny. Ohio. Long walks on the beach. Walks on the beach. Beach. I like Miller movie beach. Horse map. Okay, dude, hey, it's still cutting so- in and out, man. Do you want us to keep going? Uh, it's still cutting that in and out. I don't think it's the headphones anymore, though. Okay. Let's jump out, jump in again, let's just start it, because it sounds like you got a whole big production going on there. I do. I do. Okay. Okay. Let's... Okay. Drop it now. All right. Okay, hello, hello. Hi, hi, can you hear me all right? I can hear you all right. All right. Are you hearing me okay, or am I choppy or anything on your side? 
No, no, no. I can hear you just fine. Okay. I can hear you. Okay, go okay, for it. So, all right, go for it. All right. Bunny! Yes! Welcome to America's Next Podcast Singer, the surprise reality contest where we see if podcasters can sing without any forewarning. And today we have two brand new contestants ready to show us what they've got. Now, let me remind you again, both podcasters today had no warning that this podcast was taking place because that's just how this game show rolls. Now, let's meet our first contestant. His name is Steve. Let's hear it for him. Yay! 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 So, Steve, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, hi, my name is Steve. I'm a computer programmer from Boston. I am the proud father of seven Lasso Opso puppies, and I enjoy short walks on the beach and uh, studying Hebrew. Hey, sounds great. And what is the song you're going to sing? It's called Tom Hanks Has a Juicy Asshole. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. So here's our first contestant, Steve, with the song Tom Hanks Has a Juicy Asshole. <clears throat> Tom Hanks has a juicy asshole. Tom Hanks has a juicy asshole. Tom Hanks has a juicy asshole. And I really hate to eat cheese. Tom Hanks has a juicy asshole. Tom Hanks has a juicy asshole. I have sweet condensed milk. And it's right in front of me. Oh, I need to pee. Let's go to the high school and eat some cheese. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! What an amazing song. That will be really hard to beat. But one man will definitely try to beat Steve off. So let's welcome our second contestant, Bunny. So, Bunny, tell us about yourself. Well, I, I, I'm Bunny, and I am... I am um I am a mortician. Uh I'm single, you know, of course. Um uh, I smell a bit. Um and and then that that's that's bunny. Wow, bunny. That sure does sound great. <laughs> and uh what is the title of the song you're going to sing? I am going to sing. I I think I'm going to sing a Bob Dylan classic. And what would that be? (laughs) There's 
Stone you when you're trying to be so good. They'll stone you just like they said they would. They'll stone you when you're in your home. They'll stone you when you're strumming your guitar. Well, I would not feel so all alone. Everybody must get stoned. Yay! Wow, what an amazing performance by our second contestant, Bunny. I don't know who's going to end up victorious. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to set this whole fucking building on fire. Fuck this fucking show. Both of you guys are winners. Or losers. I don't care. Now get the fuck out of here because this son of a bitch building is going to burn. <coughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. It's getting kind of hot in here. Getting warmer. Are you saying anything? Come on, what's going on? Not hearing you, dude. You're not showing up as talking. Hello? Hello? Because I'm always going funny. Funny, are you there? Are you there, buddy? Yeah, funny? yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just seeing you right now. I was just kicking you out of Facebook message. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I just got that. Okay, now I hear you. Okay, yeah. You totally went out right after Bella said she was burning the whole place down. Okay. Uh, does she have to do that last monologue again? I wrote you, Bella, this was beautiful there... final monologue. It was just like Ed Wood and Bella, like in Bride of the Monster. I wrote you a new 
final speech. I wrote this just for you. I tried to write it in your voice. I I if we would have if we would have to do it a certain time, I would be the I would be the teacher. I don't want you to say these things, Maxwell. You you are baby. <laughs> just take the curse words out? No. Loses its power. Bella wants the curse words out? No, Maxwell Maxwell oh, says Maxwell. he wants to do the oh. He wants to do the cheesy host, but he he wants he wants me to he wants me to kids bop this. Okay, but I'm not going to be doing that. It's the it's the spirit of the thing. How how about we just leave it at that? Because I don't know if I can get Bella to do it again. Okay. She was doing so good though. She was awesome. Yeah, she was doing great. Bella, do you think that maybe you could see it in your heart? Not for me, but for Bunny, uh, who is dying. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure, we all are all of the time, constantly, but so is Bunny. And uh, can't you find it in your heart to do that final monologue again? Please. You do it so well, Bella. I fucking guess. Okay. Yes. Here you go. All right. So, uh, okay. So, Maxwell, come here, because because uh, Bunny just finished his song, and we all go, hooray! <laughs> wow, what an amazing performance by our second contestant, Bunny. I don't know who is going to end up victorious. So, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to set this whole fucking building on fire. Fuck this fucking show. Both of you guys are winners or losers. I don't care. Now get the fuck out of here because this son of a bitch building is going to burn. And scene. Thank you to everybody. Thank you. To Bella, our cheesy game show host. You did wonderful. She is holding up a middle finger to let me know that I am number one. That was Thank awesome. You. Awesome. Thank you to Maxwell, who helped with the screams. And thank you to Emerald, who let me borrow her ukulele for my performance. Of course, she didn't. I didn't tell her I was going to borrow it, and she's not here to say no. So thank you to Emerald. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, that's the, that's the show. I came up with that idea while I was stoned. Hooray! <laughs> <clears throat> and I got Bella to agree with it probably at like 1230 AM. Yeah. Like two weeks ago. And then I'm like, okay, Bella, we're going to do the game show. And she's like, what game show? The game show that you agreed to? I didn't agree to anything. Yeah, I did. Remember when we were talking two weeks ago at like 1230 at night? Oh, fuck you, Dad. So thank you, Bella. She did an amazing job. Yes, she did. And 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 that's our that's our contest. I had a script on uh, on my old blog spot. And I didn't want to tell you because I knew you'd pull off something amazing. You did great. <laughs> So funny. We still have a full-size podcast to get to, but before we get to any of it, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? 
we should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Not cut in print. Just break. Break. All right. Break. So this is just an interview for the newspaper. I just have a couple of questions. Mr. Gray, we'll see you now. What was he like? He was polite, intense, smart, really intimidating. Do you have any interests outside of work? What about you? I'd like to know more about you. There's really not much to know about me. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I am. To what do you owe your success? I exercise control in all things, Miss Steele. It must be really boring. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Bunny. Yes. 
Are you ready for America's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring Bunny Williams, the Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you pumped up? Are you ready and raring to go, Bunny? Pretty much, yeah. All right, then. <laughs> well, with, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Um, Man, I love edibles. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I don't do them as often as you do. I mostly smoke, but I did some edibles before the show, and wow, did they kick in! Yeah, it's it's such a different high. It's interesting that there are different types of high. Yeah, yeah, I really dig them. <laughs> Yeah, and particularly these, uh, I, I, I got to see if they're sugar-free, but or if I can get them sugar-free, because, like, yeah. they could stand to be a little smaller, <clears throat> but other than that, it's just a straight gummy drop, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I hate the taste of marijuana, I just... It, I, it tastes like I'm eating a roach, you know, which yeah. I've done, you know, but I don't yeah. want my food to taste like that, you know? So I, I so yeah. I, I like something that I could swallow straight down, you know? Yeah. But like, I might actually look up this brand on the internet because I like them. They're the best nice. they found so far. Yeah. And it's and it's pretty easy to dose out. Like for me, if I wanna get higher than usual, I take four drops, which is what I did. You know? So yeah. <sighs> so how have you been? Um good. It's been quite a week. I've I um as of yesterday I started going out. Really? Yeah. Like hey, uh Natasha's birthday's in a couple of days. Yeah. And so I've been saving all of these checks from the story times I've been doing at home and I and and I had like a hundred bucks, a hundred and fifty bucks, and it's like I'm going to go out, Natasha. I'm going to buy you some stuff. Like, what do you want for your birthday? And, of course, Natasha being Natasha, you know, I don't want anything for my birthday. It's not a big deal, yada, yada, yada. But I kept bugging, and I kept pressing her, and I kept asking her over and over again. And then finally she said, you know what? I want a bird feeder, a big, nice bird feeder. I want to put it right outside of my uh, window of my workspace here at home and and be able to see the birds. And I was like, Great, I will get you that. And then I, I thought about it a couple of days and I said, Honey, come with me so I can buy you something for your birthday. Because I'm just going to get the wrong thing. I don't know, fucking bird feeders. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you see in your head when you talk about this. So let's just go. And uh, so so we had Bella watch the kids for a few hours. We went 
We went to Ace Hardware. We went to Lowe's. We went to Walmart. We went to Dollar General. And, and it was weird. And I was feeling really anxious. I had a mask on for, uh, for the, the, really for the first time. I, I wore a mask for an indefinite period of time and went out and about in public. And, and it, it was really anxiety inducing and exciting and and yeah. Natasha and and I was there I'm like I'm out and about with people this is so weird and Natasha said yeah I imagine you've been indoors for a quarter of a year yeah uh-huh and it's so weird to finally be out and be like oh my god I want a coca-cola why do you want, why do you want a soda cuz I haven't had one but you hardly drink it I know but now I want it cuz it's here it's like i've been in prison and i just got out they still sell this type of gum (laughs) oh my god i need this so so that was exciting and then today i went to go pick up some medicine on my own and 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 so that was a big step for me being out and about and all of that yeah so so that's been exciting. Um here's here's So let's talk about movie theaters. So I live in a small town in the middle of nowhere Oklahoma. Uh, a bunch of old white people and racists and meth and it's it's not a pleasant place to live, but I love it cuz there are three movie theaters in my small ass town, which is really weird. And they've all closed down, and I'm waiting for them to open up. And and allegedly, they're opening back up sometime next month. Yeah. But there's also a very small theater in the in a small town nearby. It's about 25 minutes away. It's where my uh, father-in-law and his husband live. Okay. And they have a movie theater, the Seminole Movie Theater in Seminole, Oklahoma. And they say that they're opening up next Friday. And and they said, we're opening up next Friday. We're going to have safety precautions. We're going to social distancing, yada, 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 the whole nine, the whole nine yards. And they said, we will be announcing soon the the movies that we will be showing. We're going to be showing older films and we're going to have them at a discount. And I was excited because in my mind, I said, older movies. Awesome. Like, what are they going to play? Back to the Future, Aliens, Jurassic Park, you know, like all of these old cool movies. I'm so excited. This is going to be cool. And Natasha said, Steve, I know that you've been itching to go to the movies. So when the Seminole Movie Theater opens up, I know that that we'll have to pay for these movies. Not like the AMC A-list that you were signed up for, but it's absolutely fine. You need this. Go to the movies. And I was so excited. And I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this movie theater to announce the movies that they will be showing and i was in the bath right before we did this podcast yeah and they announced the the movies that they will be showing at the theater okay right before i, I wouldn't go rushing back dude we're, we're still expecting that second fucking wave man i know but 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 well i won't be going to the theater let me sh- let me tell you the two movies that they will be showing. They're only showing two movies, and the two movies are Trolls 2, Trolls World Tour. I own the movie. We've seen it like 
20 times during the goddamn pandemic. I don't need to now pay $5 to see it again. Right. Okay. And you you would not guess the second movie that they're showing at the theater. I'm going to say Knives Out. No. I still believe. Oh. Why would they? How? how they cut me deep. <laughs> that. that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. You said you guys were going to be playing old movies. You're playing Trolls 2 and that fucking Christian movie that I starring fucking Archie that we already <laughs> ripped on the podcast. You fucking kidding me with this shit. <laughs> I am so goddamn pissed off. And apparently, I only live an hour away from the Beacon Drive-In in Guthrie, which is where uh, uh, Bruce Noble lives. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize that I live so close to his, to him and his drive-in, the drive-in that he goes to. Yeah. So 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 there's a third drive-in option, and I got all excited, like, oh my god, the Beacon Drive-In's only an hour drive away. That's really exciting. And they just opened up for their 2020 season. This is really cool. There's a there's a third drive-in option that I can go to. Cool. Let me see what they what they're doing. Apparently they only show one movie and not a double feature and they're showing Trolls World Tour. Oh man. It's like motherfucker. Come on. Right now the <laughs> Oklahoma City movie theater is only showing Space Jam. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not driving 35 miles away and paying $7 a person so we can all see that shitty fucking Michael Jordan movie? Fuck no. You know? <laughs> like, fuck yeah. you. I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's kind of like rubbing your face in it. Fucking, I still believe they're showing that of all the movies they could show. They're, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> but it feels, but it feels nice today. I went to a supermarket and I bought shit I didn't need. Okay, and that and that felt so good to be like, you know what? I'm gonna buy this fucking popcorn, these two things of gummy bears. This fucking soda, all of this shit I don't need. Gonna buy some chocolate and some microwavable fast food shit. Yeah. And you know why I'm buying it? Because of freedom. I don't fucking know. But it feels good. To, <laughs> it feels good to be out and about and buying shit I don't need again. Because I haven't done that since the beginning of fucking March. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, I know... I know that it, it, you know, having gone to to stores and having gone outside, I can tell you that the majority of the people in this goddamn city aren't taking precautions, aren't social distancing, and are just it, it, what we are living in right now in America is the biggest mass delusion known to man. Because okay. oh, we were all we were all stuck indoors for a few months, and now everyone it 
is so sick of being stuck indoors that a huge portion of America is just pretending like everything's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When it fucking isn't. The shit is still out there. And I was surprised at how many people just aren't wearing masks, aren't taking precautions, don't have hand sanitizer, aren't washing their hands and just don't give a fuck, you know? Like, right now, everyone is just delusioned, and shit is just going to get fucking worse. Yeah. It's very much going to get worse. I mean, it's already spiking from Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And everybody who had to get out there and celebrate and go to the beach and all swim in a fucking pool and all that shit. That's yeah. what's hitting now. Next week, we're going to start getting hit and start getting hit by all the cases from the protests. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like, like that's a that's a really tough call. You know, it's like, yeah. gee, you know, it's a, a shame they didn't choke a fucking black man to death during a pandemic. That we have to fucking yeah. do something about it now. You know. Yeah. So, so that's me. You know, I I'm taking baby steps. And yeah. I feel I feel a little bit better just knowing that I can I can leave the house and get food. Yes, is just a big step for me. And it, it, but I'm taking the precautions and I'm washing the hands and I'm wearing the face masks and I'm staying away from people. This was the first time that I ever wore a face mask for an yeah. extended period of time. And we're like at a hardware store for like an hour. And then once we get out, we go back into the car, we put hand sanitizer on, we take off the mask. And then I would just spend like fucking 15 minutes scratching my goddamn face. Yeah. It is difficult to have facial hair when you're wearing a goddamn face mask. Is yes, what it I is. learned. Yes, so right before we did the podcast, I shaved it all off, but the mustache, and I look like a weird ass motherfucker. I look like I'm going <laughs> door to door telling people I just moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> it's oh. not pleasant. I had I, I hadn't fully shaved my face like this in a long time, but I had to because I was it's scratching my face off. Yeah, but I had no idea just how drastically different I looked without all of that. yeah completely different person yes so so that's so that's me how how are you doing bunny well turns out i am diabetic like a motherfucker bunny's diabetic yeah jesus which is like which is like a weird feeling like because like like I'm fat. So so for years, anything that happens to me, one of the first things they do is they they take blood and check for diabetes, you know? And they've been telling me this forever and like then it keeps coming back to no and everything's okay and it, and it's like, well, you finally won, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Huh. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so it was just really kind of a weird feeling like that. Um other than that, so like um 
not last Friday, but the Friday after that, that's when I saw my doctor for the first time and he had ordered blood work and I had went and had blood work done. Then I went home and then I didn't think about anything. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I go about my own business and then Friday night they call and they're like, your blood sugar is 597. You need to go to the emergency room right now. Okay. Huh. Uh, and they called like three fucking times. Scary part is I put everything out of my mind, so I didn't get those messages till Monday. <laughs> huh. So I'm like, you know... And, like, I really had to sit down for a while and contemplate going to the emergency room because it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. COVID's going to fucking get me sooner or later. They're expecting the second wave to be humongous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe go have a piece of chocolate cake and end it all. <laughs> you know? Jesus. Uh, but I finally went. And uh, it was 424 then, which had them really worried. So they hooked me up to saline and shit like that and um, shot in some insulin and things like that. But that's it. I am taking insulin injections at home now. Um Eating a lot of meat. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That's it. It's like, all right, all right. You keep that shit. I'm getting those steaks. <laughs> <sighs> so, that's where that is. Well, I'm worried about you, bunny. It is what it is. I'm doing what I, what I need to do. All right. The, the insulin shots are, like, super fucking easy. Those needles are so goddamn sharp. You do not yeah. feel them go in. Wow. Okay. I find that kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm worried about you. And I hope you do all right. Yeah, I get tired a lot. Um, I get foggy brain some, things like that, but I'm coming along. Okay. I'm coming along. Okay. So that's Good. that. So that's that, really. Uh, some other drips and drabs. I found something strange. Have you heard of the movie Dr. Mordred? Um, from the 90s? I would say, yeah. I don't know the exact date of it. Isn't it, it like a, isn't it like a, like a Dr. Strange ripoff? Yeah. Yes it like is. A, like a like a like a like a like a like a the asylum or full moon ripoff of yes of like 
Mordor well, and shit like that. Uh, apparently, they had the rights to Doctor Strange for a little while, and they had something that they were developing, and um, then they lost the rights and they changed shit around. And it's Doctor Mordred with Jeffrey Combs. Huh. Huh. It's, like reanimator shit. It's yeah, it's worth huh. a look. The effects are really cheese ball, but I think it's kind of entertaining. And Jeffrey Combs is has Well, let's face facts, okay? First you want to get a real actor in your movie, and when you can't get a real actor in your movie, you call Bruce Campbell. And when Bruce Campbell yeah. turns you down, you get Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, that's okay? yeah. That's kind of the order here. But the dude can act yeah. and it, and it was really kind of interesting. I huh. don't know if I want to say it's great, but I would like totally watch it again. Oh, well that that's interesting. Like I'm all 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 uh I'll bookmark that. That might be something neat to do for the podcast when we're done with the 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 summer of Willard, you know? Yeah, it was it was very uh It was fun. I had fun with it. it it's not a good movie. Well, yeah, obviously. Speaking of my of, of uh not a good movie, I recently watched The Return of the Fly. The original Return of the Fly, yeah, which was which was the it it still had Vincent Price in it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's that's not saying much. So I'm not sure how to set this up without having to go into too much depth. But there's a bad guy and there's another bad guy, and the one bad guy kills the other bad guy and puts him in. You know, the fly transporter thing. Yeah. They put him in the disintegration side. But they were in the middle of an experiment where they had disintegrated a guinea pig. And they were going to let it go overnight and then reintegrate him because, you know, they have to test this thing, you know. They have to test from all different angles and all that. But the guy puts the other guy in the disintegration thing and he disintegrates him. And now you know there's a fucking guinea pig in there. Okay. Ah, yeah. But this is an old black and white movie. So you're not getting your hopes up too much. Yeah. But when they finally disintegrate him and bring him, when they finally bring him back, It's pretty fucking hysterical, dude. It is pretty yeah. fucking hysterical. I mean, he's just wearing like like two fluffy gloves. <laughs> On his oh, hands and, and like matching yeah. feet. <laughs> that's wonderful. Like you could see the edge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like not tucked in or anything. <laughs> and that was him, half human, half guinea pig. <laughs> That's wonderful. 
it, it, it was it was pretty great, and I think the movie's worth watching just for that, just for that alone. Yeah. And the enormous flying head they had in that. Yeah. 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 Those old movies had like the huge flies. Yeah. 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 Um. So the Dave Chappelle special, the Dave Chappelle the Network one, special, you, you've heard of that, right? It, yeah. And it's a, it's a Netflix special, and um, Netflix was kind enough to put it up on their YouTube channel, okay? Yeah. Which has the weirdest fucking name, like... A twenty four or something like that. No, I'm thinking of the net the Netflix channel itself. It's like Netflix sucks oh. or something like that, or uh, it has some weird comedy title for their comedy Netflix, uploads. Netflix is a joke. Something Netflix like that. is a joke. Yes, yes, yeah. that's it. And it's like, okay, cool. So, uh, you know, but like I'm I'm sitting back and I'm like, really, I've gotten really curious about what Dave Chappelle here has to say. Um, so I have Netflix. I go to Netflix. It's not fucking there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's only on there friggin'. It's a Netflix special and, and it's, it's, you can't get it on Netflix. What the fuck is with that? Yeah. Like, this is the internet. You can put it in more than one place, dudes. You know? Yeah. Or do they not have to pay him for putting it on YouTube? That, no. I don't know. I, and, and, and it was... <sighs> it was... I would have liked to to have seen it be even more biting than it was. Yeah. I still but think I, you I, let some of these motherfuckers off the handle way too easy. Yeah, I uh, it, it, it's on my watch later playlist, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth a look. It's not funny. You know? Huh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a listen. Yeah, I'll probably check it out uh, uh, sometime this week. And do I have any other odds and ends? That's pretty much what I was planning on. Just collect some of a whole bunch of shit that's gone on. Yeah. Small little nuggets. Would you? So that will be it for Bunny versus this week. Unless you got some things to add. No, I'm good. Yeah. Keep things burning, people. Okay. And cut on that. Cut on that. Bunny! 
If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't? But only real fans, true hardcore fans of this show, would know two things about us, two fundamental and not made up on the spot facts about the two of us, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost is the fact, the absolutely really real fact, that you actually own a chain of fast food restaurants. Tell us about that, Bunny. Uh, it's called Gummy Burger, and, and you inspired it. Uh, and we we serve gummy burgers, uh, hamburgers with gummy bears embedded in them, um, and we are really doing well at circuses currently. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. unfortunately, circuses are getting harder to come by, uh, and we don't want to get. St- like kind of stereotyped with the with the um circus peanut okay yeah. you know where yeah. you know people are thinking it's like a fake hamburger you know like it's not a real peanut that kind of a thing um so we 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 decided to open up as a fast food chain instead so we could try to branch out you know get some get some name recognition you know, for the gummy bur- gummy bad burgers, um, and we got the coolest logo. That's the thing. That's what's going to put us over the top and get us the brand recognition. It, it is a, a gummy bear. It's a traditional gummy bear, okay, and it's cherry flavored, and it's just all melting. Okay, it, the, the, it's just melting down the paper. You know, it's it's Friday the thirteenth meets fast food. You know? Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And 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 whenever I talk about the gummy burgers, people 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 shirk at the idea of of uh putting gummy bears in their hamburger meat, but really makes the burger sweet like a sweet hamburger it's actually quite good yeah is what i'm saying and the second thing that you would know about me is that i'm a lover of history i love it but i'm also a storyteller so what i like to do is i like to find a story from the history books maybe one that people don't know too well and reword it by my own unique storytelling style and that is what this is another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's historic approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short, fun, full of energy. It's like my son Maxwell. It's the Maxwell of podcast segment. And so this week on the old shapity shap shap, we have a quick little story about certainly not the worst YouTuber on the planet, but certainly in the top 20, because okay. this jackhole faked, his, faked someone's death to get more subscribers. Oh, man. And went to jail. So here's how I stumbled onto this story. One day I wake up, I'm tired, I make coffee, I'm sitting down at my uh, storytelling workspace thing. 
and I, I and Maxwell is on the TV. He's on YouTube. Uh-huh. And usually he's watching memes and TikToks and cartoons and My Little Pony videos. And it, most of the time he is in, it, he watches good stuff. It, it, so okay. this day, he's watching a video of, of, uh, a small handful of white bro type YouTubers. Okay. And it's 3 a.m. Yes. And of course, the Elmo doll starts moving and runs away, gets a knife. It's crazy stupid. And it. And and the bros in the video just can't act for shit. Can't act their way out of a goddamn paper bag. Okay. Um. But but what's worse than the bad acting is that these bad acting bros are playing this video straight. Okay. Elmo doll coming to life, trying to stab them. The they are acting like it's a hundred percent real, except they do not have the ability to act. Yeah, but also like my son is eight. Yeah, you know, he's young. He's susceptible. He sees a video where uh, some YouTuber goes on the dark web and drinks a potion that turns him into an evil Sonic, or he goes to, or he's a. Uh, it's 3 a.m. and he finds a website where he's almost killed and all of this dumb shit. I mean, I, I love Maxwell, but I don't want Maxwell to think that this bullshit is real, right? I right. don't want to be that parent, but this is some dumbass shit. So after a few more videos, real ghost caught on tape. We bought a demon on the dark web. This haunted doll tried to kill us. I take the remote. Uh, from him and I look to see what he's watching and, and all of this and I am shocked okay uh millions of views oh man tens of millions of views for reals and and I look up this guy because oh my god I swear to you bunny Tommy Wiso has better acting skills oh my god then, then, then these freaking YouTubers, hey bros, what up? Welcome back. So, I went on the dark web and I bought this spooky videotape. It's supposed to be haunted, and we'll check it out. But first, go hit that subscribe button, that'll help us survive this scary tape where we might be killed. So I look this YouTube channel up, and it's a channel called I'm Jay Station. And it's run by an affluent, white, douchey, 20-something Canadian guy named Jay Origin, who goes by <laughs> the, the, the YouTuber name Jay Station. Originally... Uh, he, he, his name is Jay something. I don't think it's Jay Origin, but he goes by Jay Station. So he's Jay Station. 
Okay. He originally he would do videos where he would break into and explore abandoned buildings and stuff. He would do twenty uh, four hour challenge videos. That's where you try and stay in a business after closing. Illegal stuff. Yeah. Usually very illegal stuff. People go to jail for these videos, and there's a lot of them out there. Then. He started doing 3 a.m. videos, and there are a lot of 3 a.m. videos on YouTube. There's a 3 a.m. community. Yeah. You know, apparently, 3 a.m. is the evil hour when the door uh, that separates the realm of darkness and the human realm is at its weakest, or some weak-ass shit like yes. that. So... Jay Station strikes gold with his 3 a.m. videos, except he gets a lot of flack from the YouTube community and the 3 a.m. community, because usually in the YouTube world, you go see a 3 a.m. video, they are supposed to be frightening and scary, but all of Jay Station shit is badly acted, totally unbelievable, 100% fake, and people are pissed off at him, but Jay Station doesn't give a fuck because as long as he's getting views and subscribers and ad revenue, he doesn't fucking care. He only cares about getting more views and more subscribers and more money. So who cares if his video, 3 a.m. new video Mario Brother doll possessed by devil tries to kill us? Who cares if it's dumb and unbelievable to anyone over the age of uh, seven? Who yeah. cares if the Mario doll attracts the attention of younger, more impressionable youth who definitely should not be watching these 3 a.m. videos on YouTube because Jay Station just wants more views, as evident by his actions in Japan. Okay. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Remember remember in Japan there was that suicide forest? Yes. And Logan Paul, the shitty YouTuber, filmed a dead body hanging from a tree. Remember all of that? Yes. After the Logan Paul controversy, Jay Station got his ad revenue YouTube money, went to Japan, and did a series of 3 a.m. videos where he talked to spirits. Okay. Real uncool. Jay Station started uh, really hitting over the over like 2018 and 2019, especially 2019. He really started hitting current events and milking them for views yeah he 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 got a lot of shit from all the 3 a.m videos that he started doing right after celebrities died okay so like rapper xxx tenacion dies and then two days later there's fucking I'm Jay Station's YouTube page. Uh, uh, we use the Ouija board to talk to XXX Tenacious Ghost. Oh, this is God. real, guys. Like, really horrible shit. Yeah. Like, oh, some famous person just died two days later. There's fucking Jay Station. We summoned his ghost. He appeared in our house. <laughs> Hear what he has to say, guys. Like, really, like, crass bullshit cheap that's jay station real douchebag who will do just about anything for views in the summer of 2019 he faked a robbery in his home for views oh oh my god guys you're not gonna believe this guys guys 
you're not going to believe this. I was just robbed at gunpoint. Let me tell you about it. But first, hit that subscribe button. Here's actual footage of me talking to the police. And eventually, my YouTubers are like, that guy is an actor. He has an IMDb page. This is all bullshit. Like, like, if you were actually robbed and held at gunpoint for like a day uh -huh. and then escaped and then are, are seen talking to the police in your video, there'd be a record of that. Oh, let's go to, I don't know, fucking Canadian authorities. Oh, surprise of surprise. There's no mention of a fucking robbery, you dumbass. Yeah, but he'll do. But this guy, J Station, he'll do anything for views. This leads us to January of the year 2020, which at the time of this recording was only six months ago. But seeing as time is completely irrelevant in our new Corona life means that this happened roughly 28 years ago. Therefore, history. Yeah. But this happened in January. So all of a sudden, Jay Station posts a new YouTube video with the title saying goodbye to my girlfriend, Alexia. Rest in peace. Okay. Jay Station turning the death of his girlfriend into clickbait. So this video comes out and it stinks to high heaven. The big red flag. He is a horrible actor. His fake crying is shit. Eleanor oh, can fake cry better than Jay Station talking about how his girlfriend just died. His fake crying in the first video was such shit. And I say first video because, of course, this douchebag did a series of videos. Oh, lie detector test proves my girlfriend's dead. Oh, Ouija board challenge video. Can we contact her ghost? Oh, oh it sounds like she's right here, guys. And, and and in one of his videos, he literally announced, it's really sad, guys. I I loved her so much, and her death is really tragic to me, guys. But let me tell you, my girlfriend's dying wish was for this YouTube station to hit one million subscribers. Oh, man. What the fuck, right? <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck. Uh-huh. So while so while Jay Station is on his dead girlfriend kick, YouTubers did some investigating and oh look, the Ottawa police says, yeah, no Alexia Murano was ever in a car accident. So apparently Jay Station's original plan was for him to literally bring her back from the afterlife in a series of 3 a.m. videos. Oh man. But the cat is out. But the cat got out of the bag because people started doing some investigating and like, yeah, no, she's absolutely not dead. This is all just more bullshit from this guy who has a history of lying about stuff. This guy is absolute trash, and she's alive somewhere. So the cat was out of the bag. So yeah. that led to his next video, the truth about Alexia Murano, where he admitted to lying about his girlfriend being dead. And of course, blamed it all on her. She is trying to ruin my <laughs> life. Oh, Apparently, man. what happened was while she was pretending to be dead, she got sick of it and tried to leave, but he wasn't having that. And that led to 
her accusing him of assault with a deadly weapon, she pressed charges, and this video was him playing the victim about, oh, well, yeah, I lied about her being dead, but she's a lying bitch who tried to ruin my life. I totally did not assault her, guys. Be sure and hit the like and subscribe button and check out my merch. So, so he's tossing all of this really negative shit about her on his channel. So she has, so Alexia, the dead girl who wasn't dead, has her own YouTube channel. So what she does is, she uploads her own video on her own YouTube channel telling her side of the story. And guess what Jay Station did? What? He downloaded her video, uploaded it onto his own channel, and then claimed copyright ownership on her original video. Oh. Got her original video pulled and then pulled his video, therefore erasing all copies of the video. Oh, guy is huge trash, massive trash. And now all of the world knows about the fact that this fucking YouTuber faked his girlfriend's death for more subscribers. Jay Station eventually gets arrested for that assault and battery charge from the girlfriend and also for faking his girlfriend's death. They break up. He goes to court and then and then does a dramatic announcement video where he announces his hiatus from youtube and maxwell saw it the day that i first learned about this jay station guy and it's a real trash video because uh he's quitting because he's going to jail because he faked his girlfriend's death <laughs> but what he says is but this is what he says in the video i've got to just take some personal time for myself i'm so sick of all the negative comments from all those haters out there Okay. You know, I was like, you fucking piece of trash, goddamn loser. Like, fuck you. So then a week after his, I'm so sick of all the negativity, I'm taking a hiatus, YouTube demonetizes him completely. Oh, nice. And I think that YouTube should just remove all of his videos, period, because his videos are still out there and they're, they're still raking in views as evident by the fact that Maxwell was just binge-watching him one morning. Yeah. And I dare say, this goddamn crazy-ass, like, horrible YouTuber fakes someone's death for views would be a huge-ass story if it happened any other goddamn year! Uh-huh. Yes. But it happened in 2020, and no one knows this weird-ass story. You know? Well, it seems like they're not really very aware of what's going on on YouTube and other parts of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. YouTube is spawning flat earthers. Yeah. That's that being said, ground. be sure and check out my YouTube station, Storytime with Mr. Steve, and check out our new video where we resurrect the corpse of Fred Willard. Yes. What? Be sure to check out our merch. Yeah. So, fuck, I'm Jay Station. Hey, I gotta say. Yeah. Though, this guy is such a bad actor that you should at least watch one video. Yeah. You know, like you can see why the people who take 3 a.m. videos seriously 
hate this fucking guy. He is just the worst. Like, dude, if you're if if your idea is bold enough to be, we bought a Chucky doll and got Satan to possess the doll, and now Chucky is alive and trying to kill us in our mansion. At least take some fucking acting classes. Yeah. You know, like goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the story of Jay Station. He's a real fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, real, real fucking douchebag. Ne- uh, so that's it for Steve's historical approximations this week. Next week, we will be talking about two words: goat testicles. Goat testicles goat testicles yes okay can't wait to talk about this goat testicles it, it it's gonna be uh, um, grossly amazing so join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with steve's historic approximation and cut on that bunny we still have a movie to get to we need to talk about bosom buddies we need to talk about roger moore we need to talk about uh, um, uh, driver gory driver's ed safety videos. We need to talk about Jennifer Tilly. Yes. We have a lot to talk about. B- but before we get there, uh, we also need to talk about Don Cheadle. Yes. That came, that came out of nowhere. Wasn't expecting that. And Tunnel Vision. I never saw Tunnel Vision. Did you see Tunnel Vision? I, I may have... It's like so hard to tell. Like like low budget uh, Gonzo comedy film. Like Chevy Chase was in it. Howard Hessman, Franken and Davis. Like, yeah. I found it for free on YouTube, despite the fact that there's a lot of raunchy nudity comedy in it. So, okay, cool. I must have yeah. seen it, but I can't remember. Yeah. So, uh, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. And break. Bob's off the head. Climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. 
Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. The heart of a hero. The courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the Force. The cunning of the enemy. A destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. Eat your crap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. We're back with more of the Popon film. Act three, Bunny! Act three! Act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Popon Film Podcast to casually mosey on down to the third and final act of the Popon Film Podcast. And for the uninitiated amongst you out there, the third and final act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-fat, low-sodium, and now 24 times the calories for that sexy summer belly movie of the week. And this week on the podcast, we will be discussing a film that so desperately wants to be Meatball Stripes and Police Academy and fails, but it's still cute. The 1985 comedy, Moving Violations! Yes, Moving Violations. Now, now let's start this off the right way. Uh, Listen, gang, it's summer of 2020. And we're celebrating, throughout the entire summer, we are celebrating the life and career of character actor Fred Willard with... The Summer of Fred Willard, nothing but Fred Willard movies. So far, we've done A Mighty Wind, and Harold and Kumar uh, goes to White Castle. Uh, And it's a bunch of fun so far. And we're starting off every episode of the SOFW, as I like to call it, with the Fred Willometer to see just how much Fred Willard is in this film. And the best part of this film is how much of an ensemble cast this is. Because Lord knows Bill Murray's younger brother can't hold this film on his own. So this film is just packed. Yes, it is. Uh, cast-wise. There's a, there are a bunch of people in this film. And, and, and a lot of them are paired up together. And was that Stacy Keach's brother? 
Yeah. I it, it, last week I was like, yeah, James Keach is in this film, but like, no, it's it's it it, it Stacy Keach is in this film, but no, it's Stacy Keach's brother. It's weird that two brothers, yeah, are in this film. Yeah, but you could see a resemblance. Yeah, and then uh, the director, the writer director who made this film. Uh, no, or is it James Keach? No, it's James Keach. Yeah, James Keach, the brother of Stacy Keach. Uh, he spent a good portion of his career directing episodes of the TV show Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman because he was married to uh, what's her name? Dr. Jane Quinn. Seymour? He was married to Dr. Yeah, yeah, but before he was married to Jane Seymour. He was married to singer Judy Collins, his younger sister, like Annabelle Collins or some shit like that. So this is very much like a sibling film. Yes. Is the way I see it, you know? Yes. And it, and, and after that description, it sounds like he is, he is really cast against type except for his look. You yeah. know? He, yeah. he looks yeah. like a badass asshole cop but with that kind of history on the actual actor he probably wore a headband more than once is what yeah, i'm saying definitely. yeah yeah so a lot of the the cast is sort of uh, paired up with one another so the black guy in class is with the horror movie fan and yeah. then the puppeteer is spent all of his scenes with the the punk rock chick who's also like 15. And then uh, Fred Willard is teamed up with uh, the 1980s most underrated actress, Wendy Jo Sperber, <laughs> a.k.a. Bosom Buddies and yes. Marty McFly's sister. She was everywhere in the 80s, and I fucking yes, loved was. her. Loved any time in the 80s, and then a bit of the 90s when she would pop up. You're like, oh, my God, Marty McFly's sister, the only person who knew that uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Peter Scaleri were in drag the whole time. Yeah. Like, she was just a treat to always... She was a treat to always see in a movie. So... She's a hypochondriac. I love the line that she says that's like, people call me a hypochondriac, but how can I be a hypochondriac when I'm sick all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that line so much. So she gets teamed up with our boy, Fred Willard, in traffic school. His, 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 he, he goes, his name is Terrence Williams, but everyone calls him Doc. He pops up 20 minutes into the film. He's in the traffic school. He's a mechanic that uh, Wendy Joe Sperber mistakes for an actual doctor. And he looks good. He's got the suit and the tie and a pipe. And he, he's playing it pretty straight. Yeah. I really like the, uh, uh, Fred Willard and Wendy Joe Sperber's first back and forth outside of the school. I... I, I it's so good because he's talking about her car. She thinks that he's talking about her. Like, yeah. uh, what about your rear end? Are you having any rear end problems? 
What about <laughs> gas? You yes. know what you need to do? Just oil it up back there. And and uh, oh yeah, yeah. I've 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 helped a lot of people with uh, uh, rear end issues. I reamed out Roger Moore the other day. Yes. <laughs> nice Roger Moore is gay reference, but uh, it, it, he 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 does a great job. You know, he he doesn't have the biggest part, but he's definitely in this more than freaking Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, and, it's and it's great... on par with a mighty wind. I I think I would have to say. Yeah, this is really good, Fred Willard. It's peak Fred Willard, and he he's really good at ad libbing, and he's most known for you know ad libbing and Fernwood Tonight and Christopher yeah. Guest movies, but but he's also really good in a scripted ensemble comedy. He's always a Fred Willard is always a joy to see. So this movie is very high on the Fred Fred Willometer is what I'm saying. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I would rate it pretty high. Yes. So, Bonnie, what what are your thoughts on this week's movie? I wasn't a big fan. I don't see myself going back to this very often. Uh, really? Yeah. I Bill's more. Uh, I'm sorry, but. Bill Murray's brother was really annoying me in how much he was not Bill Murray, but trying to be Bill Murray. Man, he is trying so hard to be Bill Murray. In that. I know, I know. Little, little head nods and everything, and I just feel like grabbing him and being like, be your own fucking person, will you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's cute. I I wrote here mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. I can give it a mostly harmless. You know, there's it's just like, nothing like I'm going to rush nothing. to see again. I think it's fun and I think it's funny and I like it and I like the characterization. I whenever someone says, "Oh, I'm a big horror movie buff," my brain automatically goes to the guy in this film. <laughs> i'm a big fan of horror movies and i'm like okay i have an image in my mind of what you say when you say that and it's that fucking guy i love that line that he says and it's like uh hey man i i hey bunny bunny yeah i know what to do let's go down to the video store and rent texas chainsaw massacre it'll relax you <laughs> Like, that's every 80s horror movie fan. Yeah. You didn't see, you didn't see Friday the 13th, number five? That's the best <laughs> one. Does, does Stacy Keach's younger brother have a lazy eye, or is that just me? I, I didn't notice, but I, I don't I know. Don't... It, it, I had As a hard time looking at him and the uniform and all that shit, so I kind of had to look away during those parts. Well, uh, as it, as the evil 80s authority figure, he gets a lot of close-ups. Yeah. You know, of his angry eye reactions and just, I don't know, it seemed like one eye was open a little bit more than the other one. Maybe. But yeah, this... 
This film is Bill Murray's younger brother fighting against Stacy Keach's younger brother. Maybe that's why I like the film so much because my older brother's such a goddamn asshole. <laughs> so, this, so this is a younger sibling film. Yes. So my mom was one of those parents that loved movies and going to the movies. And if she wanted to go see a new movie, she would just pack her two kids with her in the car and it didn't matter what the film was. I saw Poltergeist in theaters at age five. Yeah. And I saw Moving Violations in theaters at age eight. Okay. And I think one of the reasons why I love this film so much is just because, God damn it, when I was eight years old, I just fell in love with Shetland Bill Murray. (laughs) He was just like the coolest motherfucker he 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 he's the archetype of of uh you know a star of an 80s comedy if they didn't get bill murray they could have just plugged in fucking uh john cusack or some shit yeah you know yeah for this time period and and john murray i always get a kick every christmas of seeing john murray play bill murray's brother in scrooged <laughs> and it's like oh, oh that's fucking that's fucking uh the guy from moving violations that's bill murray's actual brother playing bill murray's character's brother like i like that it, it scrooged by the way I have decided is my favorite version of a Christmas Carol. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. That includes Muppets and Mickey Mouse. Wow. My favorite version is Bill Murray. I just I, I'm just a big, big fan of of uh, Bunny. Mexico <laughs> was a nightmare. Yes. There was a car accident. He was killed. <laughs> so 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 here's a here's a strange uh story about this film so i was reading some interview with uh jennifer tilly i it might have been uh the a the onion av clubs uh they have a reoccurring segment called random roles where they'll interview a famous actor uh, or actress about their their movie roles but the actors don't know what movies they'll be talking about Okay. So it's like, oh, so you have a new movie coming up. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh, what's it like working with this director? Oh, wow, that's amazing. So your first film was a 1964 film called uh, Boobs on Parade. What can you tell us about that? So it's always really fun to see these like stars being pressed for like the earliest shit they did. Yeah. So it seems here your first time behind a camera was a commercial for Zit Green. <laughs> so there is, so so it's an interview with Jennifer Tilly, and she talks about the first time she met Quentin Tarantino. Okay. It's at a party, and there's a bunch of famous people there, and she sees Quentin Tarantino, like, holy shit, there's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I should go talk to him, but no, he's a busy guy. He's a famous director. I'm gonna leave him alone. So later during the party, she feels a tap on her shoulder and she turns around and it's Quentin Tarantino. And she can tell that he's super excited to meet her. Okay. And he's like, it, because because even though Quentin Tarantino is like this big wig Hollywood hotshot a-hole, sometimes he's still just a video store employee. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. So he's like, oh, my God, Jennifer Tilly, it's so amazing to meet you. Uh, I always had a question. Uh, how did you do the zero gravity chamber and moving violations? Did you actually get to visit NASA? Was that wire work? How did, how did you do that? <laughs> and immediately, Jennifer Tilly's like, what are you making fun of me? Fuck you, Quentin Tarantino. What you think you're such a big shot actor? You can just make fun of me and my oh my god, you're actually asking me this. <laughs> I, I thought you were shitting on me and the bad movies I've been in. No, you actually want to know. Oh my god, he's being serious. <laughs> this big shot Hollywood actor is asking me about of all things. Moving fucking violations. <laughs> I also like the fact that, like, Quentin Tarantino is a huge, like, super rich success. But, like, I could probably go up to him and be like, dude, let's talk moving violations. <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, Clara Peller. And, you know? Yeah. So, like, like, oh yeah, I he's always, always he's story. always been a huge movie geek. Yeah, yeah. So even though he's like a super bigwig, uh, fucking Bruce Will, uh, uh, fucking uh, Brad Pitt's best friend, you could still probably sit down and talk with him about fucking uh, the Holy Mountain. Yes. Know? Oh God. Yeah. 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 Like, but you could probably talk to him about blood sucking freaks too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, here's some stats. This is a 1985 film. Don Cheadle was 20 years old when he debuted in this film as the fast food delivery driving guy. Hey. So, so the film was written and directed by a guy named Neil Israel. He had better be Jewish. I didn't see that he was Jewish, but his name is Neil Israel. Yeah. So I'm just saying. He was originally a screenwriter who got his start writing and directing the indie gonzo comedy Tunnel Vision in 1976. That starred Chevy Chase, Howard Hessman, uh, Franken and Davis, John Candy, and a bunch of other people. The thing's free on YouTube if you want to see it. It's basically the groove tube and... Amazon Women on the Moon, Kentucky Fried Movie, but with a lot of really cool, uh, like, early SNL type people. Yeah. Um, and it was a real big success for being made with nothing. So he, he, going into the 80s, he had a hand in writing and sometimes directing a number of primo 80s comedies, including Real Genius... Oh, I like starring Val movies. Kilmer and a young boy who looks a lot like a cute girl. Yeah. He was basically 1980s sexuality questioner. <laughs> Neil Israel also helped create Tom Hanks's Bachelor Party, uh, Johnny Dangerously, Look Who's Talking One and Two, and Three O'Clock High, which I know has a huge ass cult following and that I've never seen. Yes. They call it like the anti John Hughes film, whatever that means. So here's the kicker. One year before moving violations, Neil Israel and his partner wrote Police Academy. That oh, was yeah? a huge ass. 
That yeah, that was a huge ass hit, which spawned at the present moment three thousand four hundred and seventy-one sequels. I personally enjoy the film Police Academy three hundred and ninety-seven, Bobcat Goldquaid in Space Part Six. Yes. I feel that that one was the best. Some people like Assignment Miami Beach. They're free <laughs> to think that, but they're wrong. So basically, Moving Violations was Neil Israel's attempt to make lightning strike twice. Okay. And in many ways, Moving Violations could be seen as the first Police Academy sequel. Because it's kind of, sort of... Yeah, with the ensemble cast, and yeah. Yeah, the ensemble cast, the comedy, the cops. You can definitely see that it's, like, in the same world. And let me tell you something. Um, I'd much rather had watched the seven moving violation sequels than Police Academy sequels. Okay. I'm just saying. And at the time, this film was a big-ass deal that got a shit ton of press because it was written, filmed, and released in theaters in six months. Really? Yeah. And that was a big deal at the time. It was the first time ever that there was that quick of a turnaround for, like, a major studio motion picture. But, yeah, fucking Neil Israel wrote this, filmed it, put it in theaters in just six goddamn months and that's fucking impressive yes it is yeah so i want to talk about the cast because the cast is really great wink the horror movie fan which we've talked about at length here is now a well-respected actor who plays defense attorney roger kressler a reoccurring character in the law and order franchise really yeah like I like I looked up this actor and I'm like, I wonder what the horror movie guy has done. And then it's like, oh shit, he has a Wikipedia page. And it's like, oh yes, he is most well known as defense attorney Roger Kressler in the Law and Order series. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. That guy who taught me the bloody finger in a box trick <laughs> is now a fucking celebrated character actor. Fucking good for you, dude. Yeah. Damn, that's a surprising turnaround. So we already mentioned Sandy Kellerman. She was the judge in Moving Violations, and she was a, a very much a boner creator for many a young boy in the 70s and 80s. Personally, when I think Sandy Kellerman, back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah? Yeah. How, I don't how, about, how about the original Hot Lips Houlihan? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, most people would go match, but my yeah. brain is just like, nope, fucking Rodney goddamn Dangerfield doing, like, doing a dive off of three different <laughs> diving boards. Yeah. She uh, she apparently hosted SNL in 1981, and she got some press because she, she was only in, like, four skits. Yeah. You know, she was one of those celebrities that was just like, congratulations, you just did an episode of SNL where the host was hardly in it. <laughs> congratulations. So the two older women in the movie, one is obviously Clara Peller from Where's the Beef fame. Yes, and... I was very happy to have seen her. Where's the beef? I, yeah. I, it brought back and... such a flood of memories. 
and I feel that modern generations is, is it's totally lost on them, but it's a big deal when you see her and she goes, "Where's my bags?" That that's 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 a callback. Yeah. Uh huh. What that is. So the other woman, the other woman was an actress named. Oh, uh, where is it here? Nedra Nedra Voss. Okay. Despite the fact that she looks 90 years old in this film, uh, she actually died at the age of 94 in 2003. Really? Yeah, this woman lived to see the 2000, for shit's sake. She looks on she looks on death's freaking door. Uh-huh. In this movie, apparently she did all of her own stunts in this. And they say that despite the fact that there was a sex scene and some light bondage here, that the movie was PG-13 and not PG solely because of her wonderful uh, line read of, Yeah, fuck him! <laughs> Rip his nuts off! <laughs> so, and then of course, uh, uh, actress Wendy Jo Sperber hypochondriac was all over the 80s back to the future bosom buddies private benjamin used cars bachelor party and basically every sitcom that was created throughout the entire 80s yes. she had a very successful career she apparently she died in 2005 but right before she did she created a very successful cancer support center really so and there's an entire documentary about her own personal deal with breast cancer. So, like, good, good for. I, I'm sad to see that she died. You know, yeah. She she was. And finally, I'm gonna. I I want to make this a new reoccurring bit for the summer. I'm gonna try and remember to end each discussion oh. of the film in the summer of Fred. With a Fred Willard fun fact. Okay, hold hold the fun fact, though, because I, I, I have something I was waiting on for a good time. Oh, yeah? H have you seen Space what? Force? I haven't seen that yet. I believe it's his last role. I was hey. going to watch it this week, but like I, I've seen that the reviews aren't that great, and also I just don't like Netflix, so I haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah. Have you seen it? Is it any good? Um, no, it's not good. And then all of a sudden, bang, Fred Willard. Because he was in the first Space Force. And unfortunately, he just really doesn't look very good. He sounds yeah. great, you know? Yeah, he still sounds... He sounds like he's got it on the ball. But, you know... He just stood there for one whole shot, and you can see his arm is really, really shaky, and he looks thin. Saw him in uh, what was it? Fucking mascots. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't look that great in that. No, no, he didn't. But he looked yeah, really pretty bad here. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it but is. I'm gonna. It, yeah. It, I keep meaning to watch it, but I don't know. This was a weird thing. It's not good. It's not good. It could be way fucking better. Well, 
Fred Willard was arrested at an adult theater in L.A. for, quote, lewd conduct. Yes, he but was. The, but the charges were dropped. And I, 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 as much as I don't want to uh, glorify anyone's lewd act in an adult theater, dude, you were you're getting arrested at adult theaters. At the age of 72? Fucking wow! <laughs> wow! That is some impressive shit, Fred Willard! Yes, it is. I mean, I mean, damn, getting arrested for jacking it, like, when you're 22, when you're 29, 32? Motherfuckers getting arrested at 72! Damn, good for you, Fred! <laughs> Fuck! There is hope for all of us. Like, damn, Pee Wee Herman did it, and he's like in his 30s. Yeah. 40s. Fucking Fred Willard has them all beat, literally. Yes, he does. But Fred Willard didn't beat uh, anyone other than himself. So kudos to you, Fred Willard. That's some impressive shit. Yes. And that's all I've got for this week's movie. Next week, we're doing something special. All of Fred Willard's movies are special, but this one is super special. I uploaded it to the Cough Cough, and I'm super excited for this. Okay. We are going to be we are going to be for next week watching the classic science fiction film. Uh, well, not classic because it's not that great. But we're going to be watching the uh, sci-fi movie Missile to the Moon. Okay. Fred Willard's not in it, but there are three different versions, uh, uh, riff track versions of Missile to the Moon. There is a riff track with just Mike riffing it. Yeah. Then there is a then there is a, a three riffer riff track with the usual group. You know, of uh, yeah. Mike and Crow and Servo. And then, for seemingly no fucking reason whatsoever, there is a riff track of Missile to the Moon being made fun of by Mike and fucking Fred Willard. Nice! Okay. And as, and as far as I can tell, this is the one and only appearance of Fred Willard on a fucking riff track. Really fucking weird. That sounds like a deep cut. That is a deep deep fucking cut yeah i went real deep i went real deep with the fucking uh, fred willard uh movies eventually we're going to have to do one of the air one of the Airbud films but fucking fred willard riff track yes it's gonna be so weird to see this like sci-fi movie and then just he has such a unique voice you know? yes he does so it's going to be real weird, but but yeah, that's next week. Riff track, Fred Willard riffing Missile to the Moon. I haven't seen it. I, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Fred Willard does in the world of riff tracks. So that's next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, you know, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the faking of the girlfriend, the reality show singing. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. I think this has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I, I you know, I, I felt the same way. I, I had a 
feeling that you were going to say that, but I didn't want to say it first because, you know, the, it's your job to sort of rank them in the damn category. But yes, I, what I, I concur with your assessment, <laughs> good sir, is what I am saying to you. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and Bella and Eleanor and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you do schwaffles and pupitas. And you... Okay. Yeah, you goddamn books, you fucking, you fucking goddamn books. Thinking you're so smart just because you read. That sounds like right wing Punisher. Yeah. Cut and print.